In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. This is the Ben Burnett Show, the only show in America that features a one-term has-been retired politician that nobody knows on Extra 106.3. Welcome into the Ben Burnett Show. It is the weekend, just afternoon. Grateful to all of you who make me a part of your day. Every week I say the same thing. It just seems like there's no shortage of things to get to. You know, and a lot of times I I say it, look, it's not that the issues of the day are stale, but it's like, you know, once you've talked about Hamas for 30 days, nothing else even seems to matter. We have seen in recent days the United Nations not be able to formulate consensus on being willing to condemn Hamas, which I think is an absolute disaster. We talked about that on the show on Thursday. You can catch my podcast on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, almost every week, probably 35 or 40 weeks a year, I interview people all around public service. A lot of times they come from the great state of Georgia. But look, in a couple of weeks, we're going to branch out a little bit. We've got done some different things. I've had Mike Pence recently drop out of the presidential race. He's come on the show. That was a real honor. of when you If you asked me in 2018 if I thought I was ever going to get to a place when I started hosting a podcast with Appen Media Group in North Fulton and South Forsyth County, was I ever going to get the chance to talk to the former vice president of the United States? I'd have probably told you no, but you never know. Hey, look, I'd tell anybody, you get out there, find a find something you just love to do. Find something that you love to do that you're passionate about. I'm not passionate about the podcast. I'm passionate about meeting people. I'm passionate about learning how, learning from folks who create your perspective. I've always been a fan of 60 Minutes. I know plenty of you are going to hear that and be like, oh, God, I hate 60 Minutes. Look, plenty of the time I do, too. There's very few people they have on that program that I would not take the opportunity to interview. A couple weeks coming up, you've got... Governor Gavin Newsom, you've got Governor Ron DeSantis sitting down when I believe it's in Sandy Springs where they're going to debate one another. The end of this month, we're also going to have a, or at the middle of this month, we're also going to have the third Republican primary debate. It is time for several of those folks to get out of the way. I'm grateful for Mike Pence. I think he's a good man. If you ask me my brand of politics, it's probably closely aligned to him, kind of a Reagan Republican. Where my politics closely resemble Sam Nunn, Zell Miller, guys like that, guys back in the day in the state of Georgia where they sat on the other side of the aisle and Republicans in droves would go vote for them because they cared about the right things and they cared about the right people. Zell Miller was a guy who ultimately sat in the United States Senate by appointment. Sam Nunn was elected over and over and over and over again. Even my father, who is the most conservative person on the face of the earth, Sam Nunn was on a ballot in 2024. He'd go check that box. There's a lot of people like you that would do the same thing. And both of those guys happen to also be from the state of Georgia. One of the things that I think has to change in public service, and and this is a both sides thing. You see this week, Adam Schiff is filling out paperwork so that he can run for Dianne Feinstein's old Senate seat. And I learned something. Adam Schiff has long claimed Maryland as his primary residence. He's a sitting member of Congress from California. Herschel Walker, 
who ran for the United States Senate in Georgia, was a resident of Texas. Look, I get it. There's a lot of favorable tax laws. There's a lot of favorable income tax statutes that make living in Texas a little bit more of an advantage if you want to be a multi-multi-millionaire. I'm not going to take anything away from anybody's decision. You've also seen people like Tommy Tuberville, who was the longtime, relatively successful, half-crazy football coach at Auburn. He was a resident of Florida. They've elected him into the United States Senate from Alabama. Why in the hell do people fall for the carpetbagger stuff all the time? It's like Tommy Tuberville lived in Alabama probably as long as he has lived anywhere. He was also the coach at Texas Tech. He was also the coach at Cincinnati. I think he knew that his firebrand style of politics was better suited for the state of Alabama than Ohio. He probably wouldn't win. There's not a lot of name idea that comes with being the football coach at the University of Cincinnati. But I digress. You look at people like Adam Schiff. That guy's a household name in the United States Congress. Two times he led the impeachment against Donald Trump in the House Judiciary. I've always assumed that he was just a San Francisco guy. I'm sure he's lived out there at some point. But why on earth do we continue to tolerate that? How, how is that not a law that we can't change? If you live in Georgia and you run for a city council seat, you have to have lived in the city limits for six months or a year, which, by the way, is not an incredibly high delta. There's not, that's, not a, that's not an enormous threshold that somebody has to just cross over. These guys are openly willing to sit there and just blasphemously They're just willing to blasphemously qualify being residents of other states. You have a homestead exemption in Maryland. You know, it doesn't, I don't understand. Speaking of the same thing, I mean, Gavin Newsom for the caretaker for the Dianne Feinstein Senate seat, she lives in Maryland. She openly said she lived in Maryland. California is a state with 50 million people. I'm sure there's at least 50 motivated Democrats in the state of California that have come from the state of California. Like, how do we not change that in our general assemblies? How do we not change that with the Federal Election Commission? You look, even if you look at the state of Georgia and you want to run for a state house or a state Senate seat, guess what happens? You have to live in the district in which you want to qualify. But Congress isn't that way. You look here, Rich McCormick, congressman from the Georgia 6, a guy I like, doesn't live in the 6th district isn't moving to the 6th District. We have to change that. We have to beat that home. Like, I'm not taking anything away from these folks' politics. You look at guys like Adam Schiff, he is a left-leaning liberal. He represents California and his congressional district extremely well. Rich McCormick represents our Georgia 6th District extremely well. But you know what else? So could about 500 other people that happen to live here who've happened to live here for, in some cases, decades. It shouldn't just be about money. I don't want to see two people from Georgia's 7th Congressional District wind up running for Congress and serving in Congress, especially if one of them is going to represent the Georgia 6th. To me, that is a truth. I don't understand it. You You don't tolerate it with your state legislators. You don't tolerate it on your county commissions. You don't tolerate it within your school boards, and you don't talk about it and, and you can vilify somebody if they want to run for a city council seat in the city that you live in. I mean, it works. That's a message that absolutely resonates with people. I, and to me, this is one of the things, like, we have several things that are nonpartisan that we need to isolate and get out of the way. 
hell, if you wanted to separate that and create a constitutional convention, send it to ratify around all the states, one, you would struggle to get it through Congress because, once again, plenty of those people don't live in the districts that they represent. But if you did it through your state legislatures and you called upon that to be part of the rules package, 50 states would ratify that. 50. All 50. People in Georgia don't agree with people from New York, Illinois, and California over absolutely anything, politically speaking. But they do that one. I promise you, if we had a way and an organization to get that mobilized, it would pass in all 50 states. I mean, I'm talking 50. You got to have three quarters of the states sit there and ratify something. You'd have 50 out of 50. There's only 100 United States Senate seats. I wonder how many people represent you in the United States Senate that have a primary residence somewhere else. When they go home, it's not to the great state of Georgia or Texas or California or wherever. There's no question that that is one of the first things that has to change. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. My name is Ben Burnett. On Monday, Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder playing golf out of Dogwood in Austell. And I got the call, I guess you could say it. It might be funny to let it out this way, but it's like they got to go to the bullpen. Matt Edgar, Scott McFarland, Tug reached out to me and said, Hey, we think you're ready to roll in the big leagues. Come on up. We want to see how you do. I can't wait. You get that phone number out, 404-741-1230. You call me on Monday. I want all the hate. Any any of the nasty grams you've ever wanted to send me that plenty of you send to me on Instagram or Twitter, bring the pain. You guys think I sound mild-mannered? Step to me in the circle. We will have a blast. Three to six on Monday the 6th, November 6th. There's a lot of sixes in there. Ooh, maybe that's a sign. If you will send me a DM, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Ben Burnett Show. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Burnett. And if you will do so, I've got a handful of Peach State Pride hoodies left. Performance hoodies will FedEx them to you. No cost to you. We just want the brand out there all over Metro Atlanta. I actually had somebody from California reach out to me and say, hey, I really like your show. Spent a lot of time in Georgia. So, yep, if you go out to, if you go out to Orange County and you see it, that was me. It is the same guy. Coming up in the second segment, we're going to get to something that's just abjectly bothering me. I mean, I can't get around it. I don't know what to do. It kills me sometimes to talk about when I think President Trump was on the right track because, look, I'm the Republican who doesn't really care for him, but I want you to hear me out. That dude ain't wrong about everything. Plenty of you are not wrong about everything. One of the things that really bothers me about the world stage in 2023, November, right now, is that we don't know what's right and what's wrong. And when the UN sat there last week and the United States wanted to sponsor a resolution in the United Nations to condemn the Hamas attacks, they couldn't get to two-thirds. There were countries that we are friends with that would not co-sign onto our resolution. Good countries, plenty of them are NATO countries. Plenty of them are our allies in the UN who are a part of big things that we want to do. But if we've gotten to a place where we no longer are willing to stand up and call out what's right and what's wrong, fundamentally, I have no tolerance for any of it. It bothers me to think that there are any of our allies who could stand up and look at a terrorist group who is sponsored by Iran, state sponsor of terror, with terrorist groups who want to wage war or jihad, if you want to use their war, if you want to use their words against us and against our allies. It is just plain as day to me. 
And when you look and you see countries that are like Turkey, countries that have nearly 100 million people that live there, that have been our allies for a long time, but now they start to sit there and play it both ways, and they want to defend Russia, and they want to defend China, and they want to defend the Palestinians because they're both Muslim people groups. I've had it. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. We will be right back. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps a $5 minimum balance required. So, Robert, I want to thank you for your time. I just don't think you're the right person for this position. I don't understand. Was it something I said? Well, we did a background check on you and found some things of concern. If you're in charge of hiring for your company, you know how helpful a background screening can be. That's why companies that use Horizon background screening make smarter hiring decisions. Don't let the wrong hire put your company at risk. Get the real story on your candidates at horizonscreening.com. Horizonscreening.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. I don't remember any time in my lifetime, Desert Storm, Afghanistan, after 9-11, that the world has been in such a place of abject hostility. And it all surrounds the Middle East. You know, I think most of us, probably if we were just betting, if you told me there was a global conflict, where's the origin of it? I'm not the South China Sea guy. It's probably the Middle East. It always has been. Good 5,000-year history of people fighting each other back into biblical times all over religious ideology. If you had to boil it down today, I would say that that is probably still the case. But it's deeper today. There are more people involved. There's a report in the Wall Street Journal from U.S. intelligence that says Russia's Wagner Group may provide air defense weaponry and missile defense systems to Hezbollah. This is going to lead me into something that I think is really important for all of us to understand. If Hezbollah and Hamas ultimately are Iranian-backed, and we know that they are, like that's not really, we, we can debate a lot of things, we know where they get their money from. I think going to war with those entities is troubling. For a couple of reasons. One, defeating them, it's a paramilitary organization. Even Wagner, you know, they're friendly with the Russians, friendly to the Iranians, friendly to plenty of war-torn countries in Africa. But what is defeating Hezbollah and Hamas? What does that look like? It's not like a country goes away. So I think the war that's going on right now in the Gaza Strip and the West Bank and with Israel, it does trouble me for a bunch of reasons. The United States in recent years, has struggled to identify its exit strategy before it enters. You remember the war in Iraq, the second go-around. What was our plan to get rid of Saddam Hussein? What were we going to do in the long term, offer those people democracy? You look at Gaza, you know, there's plenty of places in the country, there's plenty of places in the world, and I hear me when I say this. The UN recognizes Gaza, There are plenty of Arab countries that do not recognize Israel. So on its face, there's not a huge attitude towards peace and stability. Like, they want to see the Israelis dead at all costs, over anything. It doesn't matter what 
what it ultimately costs anybody. That's what they want. The United States has surrounded itself as a charter member of the UN where it has veto powers on the Security Council. So does Russia and so does China. So you don't see a lot of things get done anymore. There are very few interests that align strategically. You saw last weekend, there were countries that we like, plenty of them in Western Europe, that didn't vote in favor of the condemnation resolution on the, on the Hamas attacks with Israel. There is right and there is wrong. Do I dislike a lot of the Democrat policies and the left-leaning initiatives that get forced down our throat with regards to climate change in this country? Yes. But I'm willing to have those conversations. I think most of you prefer cleaner energy. I think most of you prefer having a cleaner environment. To me, that's one of the things that makes sense. I don't necessarily like the fact that we're going to subsidize everything to the ends of the earth, especially now that the United States doesn't have the balance sheet. Brings me to another entire point in in the same argument. When we're funding these obligations across planet earth, the war in Ukraine, the war in Israel, one of the things I want you guys to understand, the Soviet Union ultimately dissolved and fell for two reasons. One, communism had definitely seen its best days in the 20th century. There is no disputing that. Eastern Europe saw Western Europe getting very, very far ahead. You saw the economies of West Germany really grow, and it put a lot of pressure on the Soviet Union. The other thing that I want you to know is that the United States and our Western allies largely drove the USSR into abject poverty, which is exactly what I think we need to do again. I think that's ultimately how you get rid of Vladimir Putin and and convince those people if there is a way in Russia that there is a better way to do business and that the West far supersedes from an upside potential what you will ever find with some of our communist and socialist Asian country neighbors and folks in the Middle East. The theocracies, I just don't, I, I don't have any time for them. I believe in fair trade and good Western civilization democracies because I believe in free trade and democracy. It is not any harder than that. When you ask me what makes the United States absolutely great on our best days, and I don't mean now, we are not sitting in our best days. And honestly, when you look back at the George W. Bush administration, those weren't our best days either. But when you look at H.W., you look at Clinton, you look at Ronald Reagan, that was a hallmark of America where we literally just pounded on people from an economic scale. It mattered, and it was bipartisan. That is missing today. You look at America, one of the biggest problems that we face as Americans are the fact that corporations own literally everything. You look at housing, single-family housing today. The deals that are getting underwritten in your communities are build-to-rent communities. That is something that the Republican Party has let happen and has encouraged because these guys in these giant too-big-to-fail corporations, they find both sides of it, and they ultimately drive the policy. You remember the old movie, Wag the Dog, where, where there was a war that got created literally so that the incumbent president, Dustin Hoffman, could get reelected. He wanted to take things off of some of his personal issues, so he manufactured an entire movie. I feel like that's actually what we're watching today. And the UN is the biggest problem that we are facing because there's no common ground there anymore. You can't get anything done. If you can't admit that Hamas is a terrible actor, I don't have any use for you. 
And the biggest complaint that I have for Biden isn't the withdrawal from Afghanistan and it isn't the printing of money. And those things are terrible. But that still isn't the biggest problem. We have no we have no founded alliance anywhere in the entire world where we can find common ground anymore. I'll even make it more granular for you. You look at NATO. Turkey was a charter NATO member upon the exit of World War I. That was when the Ottoman Empire fell. Turkey today wants to have its cake and eat it too. They have a gross domestic product of slightly less than $3 trillion, which means that it is about 12 or 13% of the United States economy with one-third of the people. I'm going to say that again so you fully grasp and understand. They have a population of around 100 million people and a GDP of around $3 trillion. The United States has a GDP of north of 26 million and 330 million people. The United States has huge issues, but it is definitely the best pathway to the middle class anywhere else on planet Earth. That is why you want to see people wait in line to come here, because we want the best and the brightest. But when you look at Turkey and you look at NATO, can you imagine if somebody outside of NATO attacked the Turkish people and the Turkish government and wanted to overthrow it? Article 5 suggests, in fact, it mandates that the United States would have to come to the aid of the, of the Turkish people and the Turkish government, which means my 10-year-old son could ultimately wind up being drafted because, let's be honest, if somebody were going to go after Turkey, it would be a massive conflict based on what that country means to the world's history. Both sides, it's where East meets West. A lot of you are unfamiliar with it. It's a fascinating place. It's the old school Constantinople. We all remember learning about that in in Western civilization classes. It was one of the places when Paul wanted to take Christianity all the way to the new world and go as far as he could. That was really where about as far as he went. So it's got a ton of history to it. But I can't imagine signing my children up as a part of a UN resolution to go defend a theocracy based in Islam. And they sure, you can sit there and be like they're a democratically elected government. You saw protests in the street some five or ten years ago when Erdogan was President Erdogan was running for president again. He had and he had absolutely lost control of the country. And I can't imagine seeing France and England and Germany and the United States and Canada going to the defense of somebody who willingly goes out of their way to have robust relationships with the Middle East, Russia, and China. We shouldn't put up with that. If you looked, I did, I did an episode earlier this week with my thought and one take where I unpacked the 25 largest economies in the world. And yes, China is in it. Russia is in it. Brazil is in it. Argentina is in it. But there are a lot of countries that have Western values and ideology. And guess what? When we combine forces with our likely allies who will stand up and ultimately be loyal to the American cause and the American value system, like so many of our friends do, you look at South Korea, very closely modeled to the United States. You look at Japan, a country we largely rebuilt after we destroyed it in the wake of World War II. Japan's one of the five largest economies in the world. They've done that in 80 years. They have a totally different value system today than they did back then as they wanted to take over the whole Asian world. They're really great partners to the United States. But you look at Mexico, who has allowed China on the doorstep with respect to the conversation I have around nearshoring, 
where they want to take advantage, where the Chinese want to take advantage of the NAFTA agreement. That is something that we have to get in check. I am not one of the guys, when you see one of the core tenets of Donald Trump's presidential campaign, and he is a thousand percent wrong for this. He wants to put a tax on goods and services at 10% for manufacturing and retail goods that come into the United States. Well, guys, who in the hell do you think ultimately winds up paying for that? I'll tell you, it's not Blackstone. It ain't Amazon. It's me and you. Can you imagine with the inflation that we have seen as Americans that has been four, five, six, seven, eight percent over the last three years to just willy nilly tack on another 10 for goods and services? It's going to make everything a lot more expensive. And this country is at a place right now where even though we may have turned the corner, people can't afford it. There's nothing about what that suggests that makes any sense. But I honestly believe if Donald Trump is the next president, he has, to be, he has the ability to be persuadable over that issue. And I'll tell you what I mean. He'd have to pass something like that through Congress, and I think there are enough Republicans from the old days and the right days that will stand up and be like, guys, who do you think is paying taxes and fees? It ain't corporations. It's the little people. And both parties do an excellent job of blaming one another all while you get screwed. The Ben Burnett Show can be found on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays, I do long-form interviews with people who create your perspective. Thursdays, I do my thought in one take. This past week, I told you, we talked about alliances. We talked about NATO and the UN and how they have really exceeded their utility and their useful life to the United States. When we become a Western civilization that no longer has the ability to call out what is right and what is wrong, we need to get out of there. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. I'll go even deeper into that issue. I think it is high time that the United States gets right out of the United Nations. Yes, their world global headquarters is in New York. They got the famous Rockefeller Christmas tree sitting right outside. It's about to go up. One of the prettiest things that you could ever go see. When you ask me what the North Pole looks like, I would tell you it's right outside the UN. It's beautiful. But the U.N. has no use and no benefit to the United States. Do you know who sits there and props up the vast majority of the budget in the U.N.? The United States pays a 10 to 1 disproportionate share from the next closest country as to who funds the U.N. Well, hell, my next question for you is if we pay 10 times more than the second closest country into the U.N. as a part of our budget, why in the hell are we not their number one priority? Why do we not have a disproportionate stake? in what happens in the world. I'm ready to get out. I don't think it serves any purpose whatsoever to the utility of the United States military and our diplomatic efforts and anything else. And I'll be the first person to tell you, I don't think the United States is right all the time. You look at the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan as a part of the Bush administration. Guys, we didn't ask ourselves any of the exit strategy questions. And President Biden deserves a ton of blame for how he withdrew from Afghanistan. Iraq and Afghanistan, they were countries that were never in search of solutions for problems. They were propped up by dictators, autocratic, theocratic people that didn't care about anything else but their, but their primary goals. I think that's one of the things that really ultimately burdens our balance sheet today. I already told you, the fall of the USSR happened for two reasons. Number one was because Commerce and trade amongst people in the, in the western part of Europe far exceeded the east, and the people in the east found out about it, and they were very upset. 
But number two, Russia didn't have the balance sheet to sit there and continue to compete with the West. So they dissolved. They largely dissolved because they could no longer afford some of those Soviet bloc countries and all the welfare obligations that they had put forward. They always had nuclear weapons. They were always going to be dangerous, but they didn't have a people that were that were loyal to the cause any longer. I'm afraid that that is what is about to happen with the United States. As we look at Israel and we look at Ukraine, I'll be the first person to tell you, I'm in favor of funding the war in Ukraine. I'm in favor of getting the Israelis the arms and munitions that they need to fight off our enemies. And yes, I'll say it. A lot of people want to sit there and pick sides and play it down the middle. Guys, the Israelis are fighting countries that want America to die and go away as soon as the Israelis go away. We're next. So you're going to fight them somewhere. On some level, you got to choose who you want to be. And as long as somebody else is sitting there with the boots on the ground, sitting there and defending their sovereignty like the Israelis are, I have no problem. And honestly, I don't really mind the Ukrainians sitting there bleeding Russia. If they are, in fact, bleeding Russia, I don't know who to trust anymore. When you look at the Ukrainian government, they're not trustworthy. When you look at the United States Department of Defense contractor base, they're not trustworthy. Why do we pay three or four or five or ten times more for the same exact thing that you can cross another border and buy the same thing for? I mean weapons, but I also mean prescription drugs. We get screwed in absolutely everything, and our government lets that happen. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. This past week, I watched Tucker Carlson on Theo Vaughn's show, YouTube show, podcast. You can find it anywhere. Called Last Weekend with Theo Vaughn. It's awesome. Every week, the guy interviews. Honestly, if you like, gave me tens of millions of dollars in a successful comedic career, I'm, I'm not jealous of that guy's life, but I'm as jealous of what he has the opportunity to do and talk to as anything. Theo is very good friends with Bobby Kennedy. I, I respect him a lot because he never really lifts his political cards. He sits there and he had a conversation with Tucker Carlson. It was two and a half hours long. And he talked about all the different things and problems that the United States was actually facing and what it looked like when we were actually once a great nation. He, he dives deep. If you've listened to my show at all, I hit the same high notes and the same themes nearly all the time. But one of the things that I thought was really interesting was that he talked about how corporations, the United States has become a shell company for the largest corporations in the world. It is no more evident than in Washington, D.C. When you look, do you know who has the largest contract with the United States federal government out of anybody? Amazon, Microsoft. Guys, what do they do? They're intelligence seeking. And they both went on and on and on suggesting about how the United States with the surveillance tactics that we had used as a part of the Patriot Act to sit there and spy on our own people so that I could have anything, cats, lawyers, pills, marketed to me all the time from social media networks and how those social media networks sit there and collude with the federal government to sit there and know what you're up to at all times. The United States has largely turned into East Germany. It doesn't feel like that all the time. What was the last good or service that you were that you bought where you knew you were actually doing business with a small business person or entity that wasn't backed by some giant commercial interest? I can't think about it. You know, when you look at the things that I use to produce this show, Adobe's one, Microsoft is one. 
They and, and everything that we do goes into the cloud. Guess who has access to absolutely all of that? The companies that hold the contracts. You don't think that the United States government knows exactly what I'm up to. Guys, I'm on the radio in one of the top 10 largest markets in the country, and I willingly criticize them. I promise you, they know exactly how I feel about everything. And although I lean to the right, I'm not asleep. That's what I want most of you to come to realize. Man, don't be a sheep. Don't trust anybody. If any of these political parties and leaders ever sit there and tell you that they have all the answers, that is exactly who I am running away from as fast as humanly possible. Coming up in the last segment, I'm going to tell you where to invest your time this week. The most important day of the entire year is not November 6th because I am on the radio filling in for the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder from 3 to 6. And make no mistake, guys, you, you may th- sound like I'm a mild-mannered person. I cannot wait to get in front of that audience and talk about some of the things and challenge some of the ideology and belief system of some of the listeners of our own station. One of the most beautiful parts of what we have the opportunity to do is you listen to the morning show, you listen to me, you listen to Clay Travis, you listen to the Kimmer. You don't have four people who feel the same way about hardly anything. or four, You don't have four shows that feel the same way about hardly anything. And the ratings for the station continue month over month to see enormous growth. It's not because we sit there and all agree with one another. It's because the authenticity of the message that we are trying to drive to one another and to our listener base ultimately is exactly what people want to hear. I appeal more to suburban women. I, ap- I appeal more to your old school chamber of commerce ideology. The morning show and the Kimmer, man, those audiences are as far to the right. I love when I get the opportunity to talk to them because of the feedback that I get from them. It's like, you made me think about this. Why are we a part of the UN? Why are we a part of NATO? The biggest advantage that I can tell you with election day coming up is that you have to elect. It is the training ground. November 7th, you're electing municipal leaders. And plenty of them want to stop there. Plenty of them just want to serve the highest and best needs of their community, and they want to do the right thing. It is the most idealistic part of politics in all of this country. It's not brokered by a bunch of special interest groups. I'm not going to tell you that there aren't special interest groups like the Home Builders Association or AT&T or Georgia Power, and they want to do certain things or skimp skimp and cut corners so that they can tear up your right-of-way and tear up the beautiful places that we live. I'm not going to tell you that there aren't special interest groups out there, but most of the special interest groups have no interest in most of the people that you have the opportunity to go vote for on Tuesday. Get your Google machine out. Start Googling your city council elections that come up Tuesday. We've had three weeks of early voting. There will be around 10% turnout throughout the state of Georgia for election day. And if you ask me, the biggest thing that we have to impact are electing people that are going to do responsible and right things because those are the leaders that the GOP ultimately looks for when they have congressional races, when they have state Senate races. They want to see who has the ability to articulate the message, fundraise, bring ideas forward, and get in the results-oriented solutions business of politics. Results are the only thing that matter to the little people. People like me and you, the most important thing, I said it a thousand times, the most important quality to your life, where your kids go to school, and how easy is it to turn left out of your neighborhood? That's what you're voting for on Tuesday. Is your city council and your county commission willing to give police and fire pay raises? 
What do those pay raises look like? How is the vacancy rate? They're the most important things. The other most important thing that the other most important thing that local elections do, it is recruiting and retaining law enforcement officers. There are very few calls that you get to make in your life that have the importance of when you call 911. Well, if your police department is understaffed and your EMTs aren't as well trained or you're or you're at deficits, it actually affects your ability to maybe make it to see tomorrow. We get so wrapped up in Israel and Hamas and who the speaker is. I'm telling you, get online, go research, learn about who your county commissioners and your city council and your school board people are who are running for office on Tuesday, and go give them five bucks and tell them thanks for being willing to put their name on the ballot. This is Extra 106.3 Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. We will be right back. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hey Atlanta, Hudson Mason here. Is a new roof still on your to-do list, but you've been delayed due to rising home service costs? Well, here's a fantastic solution from Accent Roofing Service. Zero down, zero payments, and zero interest for a full year. That's right. You can get your new roof now and start paying next year. Act quickly because Accent's incredible offer of zero, zero, zero with a 12-month deferred payment option for a lifetime roof system isn't going to last long. Contact the craftsman at Accent Roofing Service today. AccentRoofingService.com. This is the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3. Welcome back to the Ben Burnett Show on Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. I just had to get all that off my chest. I hate the UN. I've hated the UN for years. I'm ready to move on. I'm ready for an alliance that's willing to put the interests of freedom and democracy first. I don't want a theocracy. I know that lives in conflict probably leaving Israel out of the Burnett Alliance. I just don't want it. I Guys, I want parliamentarian-style governments, democracies, Western languages, high GDPs, intrinsic value, and I want small countries that want to develop trade partnerships that will ultimately be loyal to the United States and our allies. I don't want any wind-twisting, none of it. Final thing I want to get to today is how important Tuesday is to all of your lives. And most of you will not take my advice. It is election day. The largest number of elected officials in this country get elected on off-year cycles. County commission folks, school board folks, local municipalities, all of them. If you have not taken the opportunity to learn about who represents you, stop listening to me. Get your Google machine out, Google your city, and see who is running for office. It is pitiful in America that the largest number of elected officials happen to be on one day, and you will get 10 or 12% turnout in your city or your town. It's pitiful, and plenty of you are guilty. Look, if the polls are ever open, I'm going. That is a fundamental right that you have as an American that most of you only use for general elections every other year. I'm talking to all of you. It is the most important pound-for-pound decisions that you make happen to be where you live. 
Do you want to go vote in favor of a parks bond like you find in Woodstock? Go vote. It's the only thing on the ballot up there. Guess what? If you don't take the opportunity to do that, it's never going to get built. And if you don't take the opportunity to hold the elected officials accountable that put things like that on the ballot, it's never going to change. And there are plenty of good people all over America who are on the ballot on Tuesday, and most of you have no idea who they are. And I have news for you. If you have ever wanted to live in a results-oriented government, it is the best way to do it. If you have 10 people who get organized about wanting to see something built or a turn lane installed in your town or a red light put up or taken down or the sidewalks actually built so that you can actually walk junior to the elementary school in which you live, tell those folks to get off their ass. And if 10 of you will sit there and mobilize and get together, you will be shocked at the return on investment that you get for being willing to rally behind a cause or an issue that will actually change the way that you look at things. So often, I get ostracized by different folks on the radio because I fancy myself as more of an establishment Republican. Guys, when I sat in elected office, I was the bomb thrower of all bomb throwers. That just goes to show you there is a world of difference between being a pundit and being a pontificator and being somebody who lives in the results-oriented business of public service. Because I don't have time for people who sit there and only want to talk about the issues of the day that most of them, most of the issues will never affect your way of life in the least. I talk about local government with conviction because I don't wonder if these people have the opportunity to make a difference to your overall way of life. And I get really pissed at the people who only sit there and fight about Russia and Ukraine and those issues Most of you know about the Atlanta, the Fulton County Jail issue. If you listen to conservative talk radio at all, man, I'm pulling for Andre Dickens because he has got the opportunity to build a police training facility and he needs people to rally around him and support him. Guys, that's a Democrat that we don't agree with on a lot. Let me tell you something for the spokesperson of the Metro Atlanta region. That dude is as good as we are ever going to do. And in two years when he is on the ballot again, plenty of you better be like, you know what, man, I don't agree with your ideology on this and that and the other, but I recognize that we are never going to get get a Republican elected, but I am grateful for the fact that you put your name on the ballot and you were willing to stand up to the really far left-leaning folks who are the white elite people who who, who didn't want to see a public training facility happen. It has been a front page issue all over planet Earth for years because the far-left folks and the George Soros-backed initiatives, they don't want to see big cities have the opportunity to get out of their own way, put one foot in front of the other because those are their largest blocks of voters for the national issues. Guys, it ain't the same thing. When you have the opportunity to sit there and advocate for the issues at home, I promise you, you will get a 100-to-1 return on investment. I responded to nearly every single email that I ever got when I sat in elected office. If you would put your address down there and it said Alpharetta, Georgia. And I did that because I wanted to do a good job. And you know what? I did a great job. And the seven people who sit up there today, they do a great job. And there are huge disagreements on the way that people feel about things from city to city or school board to school board. Most of them are really good people. 
on both sides. If you find somebody who wants to run a race and challenge it, it is for idealistic reasons. When we talk about the special interest money in politics, the least amount of it is found locally. It is really the last great hope. When America was back, when America was a really, truly great country that wasn't entirely owned by corporate interests, real estate, when America was actually a really great country that wasn't owned by special interest companies and the entire country wasn't owned by the same 10 companies like BlackRock or Blackstone or J.P. Morgan Chase or the carriers like AT&T and Verizon, Back when small business was actually the biggest was actually the biggest business in this country, your local government was what kept that thing going. Your local governments are the backbone of what keeps small business going. And you need to elect people that have business-friendly tendencies that want to invest in the right things, that want to see your quality of life get better as a resident for your own hometown. I can't preach it to you enough. One of the things that frustrates me the most is when people want to advocate over issues or put a Ukrainian flag on their social media profile like that makes a damn bit of difference to your life at all. Guys, I don't know all the answers to to what can ultimately put this country back on course. And anybody who's willing to tell you that they know all the answers, they're lying to you. And the people in this world that are in it for the right reasons, that really want to see your community have an increased quality of life and increased property values. Those are the issues that matter to you the most. Tomorrow, you can catch me from 3 to 6. It'll be the day before Election Day. I will be all over it from 3 to 6 on Extra 106.3. Grateful to the Kimmer, Pete, and Flounder for giving up the spot. Actually, they're just playing golf. I'm just filling in. They wanted to They wanted to go to the bullpen. I think uh, some of the folks wanted to see if I actually had the ability to put one foot in front of the other. If And they wanted to see what I would do for the numbers. Clearly, if you ever follow me on social media, you know I'm a guy who can ring the bell. If you will follow me on Instagram at the Ben Burnett Show or on Twitter at Ben Burnett, and you send me a message, DM, they're all open. I love the hate. But if you want a Peach State Pride performance hoodies, these things are super sweet. They are worth about $100. One of my sponsors and, and those guys at Peach State Pride, we're mailing them all over the country to the four corners of it. So if you want it, you can go get on my Instagram, see what they look like. It's like, you know what? I need something lightweight. I like athleisure wear. It's very Lulu-y. So the women love it. I've honestly, two to one, Women to men are asking me for it, so maybe there's something to it when we talk about struggling to gain traction in, amongst GOP and metro suburban women. Guys, I got all the answers. This is Extra 106.3, Atlanta's all-conservative talk station. I will see you guys tomorrow. Make it a good one. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Mark Beckham with Atlanta Ramjack. We specialize in only foundation repair. What is foundation repair? Foundations sink or settle. These issues need to be addressed. It only becomes more costly the longer you put it off. 
What is the biggest cause of foundation problem? Either poor construction, inferior site preparation, or weather. Drought causes cracks in your foundations. If you see any signs of foundation issues, please contact us at atlantaramjack.com.